You're listening to the Collective Church podcast. For more info, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.ca. Good morning, friends. I am super excited this morning to be kicking off the first of a couple of conversations that we're going to be having over the next weeks about our values as a community. What is a value? A value is something that is so important to you that you give yourself to that thing. You give your heart, you give your talent, you give your time, you give your money, and you eventually build a life on the things that you most value. Um, Matthew 6 verse 21 puts it so well, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And one of our core values as the collective church community is worship. And so today I have Sean and Neen with me and we're gonna be chatting around the core value of worship. I remember 10 or 12 years ago, just falling in love with leading worship. It is this moment where we get to encounter the presence of God together. Mm. We get to hear what he's doing. We get to revel in who he is and his goodness and in his nature. And you walk away completely transformed. And um, I know for us as a leadership team, worship is not a moment. It's not a set of songs on a Sunday. It is a lifestyle of turning our hearts, our affection and our attention towards the presence of Jesus. And it's this continual fellowship and communion with him in our ordinary everyday lives and mm. that's what we really want to cultivate at the end of the day so i'm sitting with sean and Neen. they have uh, led the worship team here at the collective since we started two years ago they've been married for 15 years and have three boys that we absolutely love sean is a sound uh, engineer and music composer during the week and Neen schools the boys at home and she she works with beautiful leather products as well um you guys must have done two or three worship albums in your time together maybe more a few more yeah about okay. four four five or six Four, five, or six worship (laughs) albums, the latest of which is Recovering the Magnificence, which um, was was released during the time with us at the collective. Um, And then, of course, you've done your ambient music as Mm. well. That's a huge success. Yeah. So thank you for being with me. And it's going to be so exciting to hear some of your story and just some of the grace that you carry Mm. on your lives regarding worship. Uh, So let's launch right in. Why don't you start telling us a little bit about your story, how you ended up leading worship? Hmm. Well, late 90s, I was house-sitting a house, and um, I noticed a little guitar in the corner of the room, and I thought, oh, let me try my hand at playing guitar, and I think literally since then, I haven't put it down. Um, Just obviously, I think just like, Digging a lot of time at home, just wow. learning, getting getting my friends together. We used to kind of set up in, the, in my mom's garage and we just would spend hours on end just mm. playing. We set up a little band, you know, posters on the wall. Mm. Every Friday night, all the friends would come around and just it was just a good time of just playing music and learning and kind of educating ourselves on being with a band. And at, around that time, my mom had joined a little church, um, maybe about 15 people wow. on the bluff in, in Durban. And um, I kind of became friends with the pastor and he obviously knew I like, took it a, had taken a keen interest in music mm. and um, invited me to come and just see what they were doing and be a part of their little group they had. And I just poked my head in now and then. I was a little bit apprehensive, a little bit nervous, but I did it and um, kind of befriended the musicians there and um, the worship leader started teaching me a few chords and a few, mm. or a few more chords and kind of gave me his whole file of worship um, 
songs and I was just kind of going with the flow and then he ended up leaving and going to um, going overseas and um, there was a hole a gap and oh. I, I filled it Wow! and um, still very nervous and not so confident on the singing side of things I think they set up the mic and um, I'd get on a Sunday and I'd sing but there'd be no sound because I was just momming um, I was just Come scared on. of hearing my own voice <laughs> um, but really I mean I battled with confidence and um, wow. just the team the little group we had around us we just you know just encouraged each other and obviously alongside that I had my band and we were you know, learning a whole bunch of stuff there. And, um, but anyway, I, I got more involved in church and I kind of, obviously this passion for worship started really just coming alive in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember I spent hours just singing the Psalms and trying to understand these Psalms and, and, and these songs and, and just singing them and, and um, trying to write uh, melodies to these Psalms I was singing. And it's probably about a year and a half into being in this little church and leading worship that there was just a Sunday came and the, um, the pastor was preaching and he, at the end, it was just, he just kind of threw out the nets and was like, who wants to get saved? And I ran to the front <laughs> thinking the whole church was going to follow me. That just, you know, those moments and there was no, it was just me. And I think, I think I confused a few people because I'd been leading worship for about a year and a half and here I am getting saved. But it was just real. It was just, there was just, I just remember that moment. I remember the day, I remember the Mm. hour and it just, I just felt everything changed. And um, up until that point, it was just music and singing. But from that point, it really, I just felt this, this call that this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And Mm. um, I started writing songs and then I landed on these like 12 songs and started um, getting involved in like actually putting together an album and that's when I met Neen. Wow. Do you want to take it from there? Yeah, well, um, I grew up in a very musical family, um, going to watch all my brothers in their bands um, growing up and um, I always played the guitar and I always wrote songs and so um, I joined a church plant um, and I would just go to every single worship practice, just be right there, just wanting to um, worship with this beautiful community um, every moment I could. Um, And then the worship leader approached me one day and he said, hey, why don't you come and be a part of the worship team? And I guess that started me with, um, in my confidence, I joined the worship team. And then that was um, around about the time I met Sean and um, he found out that I was, you know, I enjoyed singing and he invited me to do some vocals on his worship album. So wow. that was kind of like <laughs> the number start, one. <laughs> that was the start of our relationship was like wow. early days, yeah. still getting to know each other, but driving to like recording sessions together. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was, um, that was a start. And then um, I guess I would, we'd meet up and I would play him some songs that I'd been writing and he'd play some songs that he'd been writing. And then, he said to me, have you ever played the piano or do you play piano? Um, and I said, no, I just play guitar. So he was like, well, why don't you think about like playing the piano? Um, and we could, you know, be more of a team. Um, and I knew that <laughs> what he had in mind, like it was longer than, um, one, um, worship than one worship album. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and that was really when I started leading worship was mm-hmm. when we, um, we started doing worship um, together. And even at our wedding, we compiled like a small little acoustic album that we gave to all our our guests at the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And it was one song that I'd written um, before I met Sean, one song that Sean had written before he met me, and then one song that we had Mm -hmm. written together and gave that as a gift. And that was kind of the start of our leading worship together. 
first of all, I love the fact that you weren't always confident, that you've grown in your confidence <laughs> and boldness, which is super encouraging for a lot of us out there. Um, and what I also just love is how the Lord has woven worship into your story mm. and into your marriage and into your relationship with him from the very beginning. Mm. Um, there's just such a beauty in that story. So you guys most often lead together mm. um, and you've learned to work in this partnership in a worship context, I'm sure in many other contexts as well, but having to have a really deep and meaningful relationship that also is able to work together, that takes a lot of work. Mm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the journey of creating a partnership in your marriage in, in leading worship? Yeah, I think, um, I think in any partnership, I think as a married couple, whether it's worship or, or anything you're doing, I think for me, a, a huge ingredient that adds to that cultivation is, is communication. Yeah. I think, um, practicals are one thing like practicing at home together and mm. cheering each other on to, you know, get better at our instruments and, and singing together and mainly me learning how to harmonize, um, <laughs> is one thing and it's great, but I think relationally and how we are in, in our, in our, in our own relationship at home is, is, I think it, it gives credit, you know, it wow. gives, it gives its, um, credibility. Mm. And I think, I think for us, most times we, we, most mornings we wake up, we're like, oh, what did you dream last night? And what did you dream? Okay, I dreamt this, I dreamt this. What's the Lord saying? We're always like kind of sharing what I go down my rabbit holes and Neen goes down hers. And then she'll ask me questions about my trail I'm going on. I'll ask her. We, we, we actually think, we actually look at things quite differently. But when we come together and we discuss, it's just this healthy communication that I think, I would say sets us up for anything because when we're in the moments of worship and leading, it's like we're just singing out the things that we've been chatting about during the week, you know. And so I guess another element is trust, you know. That communication we're doing builds trust because I respect the way she has the Lord and how she communicates yeah. and, and she does with me. And so how that looks in a moment on a Sunday is and how that cultivates a worship moment is is risk because mm. we trust each other. Mm. We know, we understand each other. We know, you know, we've been talking all week Um and so I think that for me is, is, adds a lot to us is our, our, our is cultivating that worship so partnership good. is communication, trust, so and, and I guess essentially risking, mm. you know? Yeah. I think like Sean said, um, um, the, what happens on a Sunday, us leading worship together on a Sunday, it's just an extension of our mm. everyday mm. walk together. Um, I think we, we rely on the Lord. Um, completely, we are so dependent upon the Lord in our individual walks. Yeah. Um, Sean is constantly seeking time with the Lord. I am constantly seeking time with the Lord, yeah. and we're actually teaching each other all the time. As soon as yeah. we have a revelation, um, we're the first one to 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 tell. And I think we also receive that revelation as our own. It's just it's like the Spirit knits our hearts together every day. Um, we always have so much to talk about. Um, and, um, and then we also rely upon each other because of that. Mm. Um, we're so dependent upon each other. Mm. So I think we just prefer doing things together. If we had a choice, um, we'd always just choose to do things together because it's mm. a shared experience. Yeah. And we get to um, just both participate in it. Um, yeah, it's better for us than to do it alone. Yeah. So good. 
such a, a beautiful description. And I think that those keys around trust and communication and sharing our lives mm. is true for marriage. It's true for friendship. Yeah. It's true for building, you know, church community as well, learning that brave, uh, vulnerable communication and, and mm. how to, how to, share the adventure and journey of the Lord together. Yeah, because yeah, so I think good. also you're essentially pulling each other along. Yes. You know, sometimes maybe you're hearing more right now, or you're, you're reading a, whatever it is. And mm. I think having that healthy communication, you're essentially you're pulling each other along and you're calling each other deeper mm. constantly. And I think that's what kind of, there's safety in that as well, yeah. especially in, in a married couple, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's important that like, I guess one doesn't feel left behind. So essentially okay. when you're chatting, you know, you're pulling each other along. Beautiful. You know? Such a beautiful yeah. picture. Um, talk about in the difficult seasons of your life, the, the seasons that have been tricky for you. Mm. What, is, what role has worship played in those seasons? Sure. Um, there's been a lot of those seasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're in one right now. But I think, yeah. I, think, I think essentially it's been a lifeline for me. Wow. Um, I think that the scripture, um, Philippians 4, 68, I'm just going to read it here. Um, in the passion, it says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faithful requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic, real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. So, I think like it sums it up for me because it's, I think often the, the, the temptation in those hard moments is I'm going to pick up my guitar to get out of this quickly, to get out of this thing I'm feeling. Um, and, and we do. Most times we, our perspectives shift, you know, we know. We, we sit yeah. and we worship and we just, we just see things differently. But I think... For me, those moments where I've, I can think of thousands of times where I've just sat down and just felt disconnected, felt confused, felt doubtful, whatever it is, and um, just trying to make sense of something and just worshiping. And I think in those moments is when I truly understand that thing of peace surpassing our understanding. Mm. It's like I feel so good or at peace, but nothing's fixed. It's yes. like that weird contradiction. Yes. Like, I feel, I feel, all, I feel like I, I can conquer Mount Everest, but I can't. I've got wow. a sore foot, you know. Wow. And I think most times in those moments, I've come in saying, "Lord, I want you to hear my voice. I want you, I want you to see my situation, what I'm going through." I'm left with this feeling of Him saying, well, "I want you to hear my voice. Wow. I want you to know mm. me. I want you to see me." Yeah. And so it's just essentially those worship is those moments. It's, it's that refuge. It's yes. that finding that safe space where I can, a lifeline, yes. and just leave knowing I'm seen and knowing I'm known, you know? Um, yeah, so powerful. So powerful. Um, I think oftentimes, like in those hardships, we feel so, um, we feel so stuck and we feel so alone mm. and we feel so disconnected from the Lord and we feel so far away from Him. Um, but I have to say, like, in those times, I feel like the Lord is far more committed to me than oftentimes I am to him. I forget about him in those times. I forget that I can run to him. But um, oftentimes I will just hear that whisper of the spirit, like, come away with me. Come away with me. Sure. 
um, I hear his voice, I hear him calling me, I hear him wooing me to go and spend time with him and I'm reminded, oh yes, okay, I have that space in his presence mm. where I can go and process what's happening in my life. Mm. And um, uh, it makes me think of a scripture, John 16, where Jesus says, um, when the spirit of truth comes, um, he will reveal the reality of every truth that's wow. already inside of you. Mm. Um, he will speak what's on the heart of the Father and mm. He will show you the future and mm. He'll show you what's to come. Um, and I feel like that is Jesus' promise to us and that's the promise of the Spirit. And mm. so to run away and hide and seek time with um, with the Lord in His presence, um, it's almost a way of, of finding myself, finding yeah. my heart, finding my true identity, my true origin, yeah. um, who He says I am, hearing the voice of the Father, letting the Spirit speak what's on the mm. heart of the Father for me and for my life and for my family and for my concerns, my world. Mm. Um, and also just to open my eyes and to realize this is not the end of the road. Like there's a future that He has for me. Um, and um, just to be infused with vision again, just to get up and go and, um, go and face life. Mm. So I definitely feel that, that call of the spirit, like his commitments mm. in that space. So good. Yeah. Sure. So just as an encouragement for everyone who's facing challenge or, you know, a battle right now is, is that to pull into that moment of intimacy with the Lord, that mm. moment of worship, because there is this divine exchange mm. of taking all that is painful and difficult yeah. and actually becoming so aware of who he yeah. is yeah. and the future he's promised and, yeah. and the victory mm. that, that Jesus has won. Yeah. If you're going to run, run to him. If you're so going to hide, hide in him, you know, it's so like, good. it's just making that choice. Like, okay, this is, you know, if I'm going to hide, I'm going to hide here. You know? So good. Yeah. Very powerful. Mm. Um, so what would you say to someone who is struggling in their own personal time with the Lord, in their quiet space with the Lord, if they're having a tough time to connect there, what would you say to them? Sure, I, I like that. I like that question because I think I've, I can relate so much to that. Um, I call them wilderness moments. There's mm. kind of where you just feel, you can't kind of tell wood for the trees. Again, you're feeling disconnected from who you're meant to be, who you, you know, who you want to be, who, all these kind of, feelings of just feeling overwhelmed and I, I've just I've experienced those a lot in, in, in my walk and I think we all do um, and I think like for me a good reminder is when you are feeling stuck or you are feeling like you're in a wilderness moment is to remember it's not an experiment sent from the Lord to see how yeah. you're going to rise are you going to rise stronger than before or are you going to rise stronger in yourself and more confidence about yourself mm. it's not an experiment it's actually it's beautiful moment where we can realize if we're strong we're strong in him mm. we, we realize how strong he is how, yes. how faithful he is in and through us yes. it's a subtle difference I think wow. because we do we naturally want to like just get ourselves out of stuff and it's not an experiment sent by the Lord to yeah. see how well you do. Um, and I, I think like as daunting as, a, as, as those moments can feel, um, I was reminded, I've been, I've been reading a lot of, about um, King David's wilderness years. It was about 10 years in total. And I mean, he was in, he was in the wilderness because I mean, God's anointed king is in the wilderness driven out by the current king, King Saul. Who's, so he has David. He knows he's anointed. But he couldn't be further from the truth. He's sitting in a cave with, he's got this army that's kind of rising around him, a bunch of guys who are just ready to go and, and ready to 
cut Saul down because he's the reason why they're in this wilderness moments. And what's amazing, what always amazes me about it is that David never saw the way they saw. He, he saw Saul as God's anointed, but they saw Saul as God's re- reason we hear. Or not God's reason. This Saul's the reason we hear, but David's like, no, this is God's anointed. Wow. So I think in those moments, we're going to see things and hear things and experience things from the Lord that we can't experience in any other time of our life. Mm. Sometimes when things are going well, we, we don't tend to maybe be as aware or as alert. And so if we can look at those moments as, as moments of beauty, mm. then that we're going to see and experience things from the Lord that we actually can't see mm. in any other time of our life. I think it's a good way to work through those moments, you know, um, mm. and, and a good reminder for us because the Psalms that we love to read, 70% of them are, or, or, well, most of those Psalms are written in those 10 years. Wow. And so it's clear that David in those wilderness moments mm. had this huge capacity for wonder yeah. and a huge so capacity good. for depth. Look what came out of, those, of that moment that you were feeling stuck for, the, for him in those 10 years. Mm. You know, it's, it's, so I think he experienced depth and he heard things that we get to read about now. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think it's just seeing those moments. If you, if we can learn to see those moments as beautiful moments. So good. And I think like we get to look back at David's life and we we see the whole story. Mm-hmm. We know that that wilderness period wasn't the end of the story for David. Yeah. And I think um, when we're feeling stuck, I think an important question to ask ourselves is, what is leading me? Like, who is leading me? Am I am I allowing myself to be led by fear or am I allowing mm. myself to be led by love mm. and by peace? Mm. Um, because um, there's no dead ends with Jesus. Mm. There's endings. It's a lot of endings, but they don't lead to death. They're not dead yeah, ends. Good. There's always a rebirth. There's always a promise of a new season of new life that's going to come at the end of um, that stuck place. Um, and birthing something and going through that transition where um, the old is, um, is passing and the new is coming, it's not easy. And it's, it's oftentimes full of pain. And um, I was just thinking about um, uh, the birth of our second son, Jackson, and how it was such a traumatic birth. Um, the reason it was so traumatic is because he came so fast and there was mm. so much confusion and unexpected pain. And there was a point where I felt like I was going to die. Like I didn't know how to get get through wow. this except to face death. Um, and after I birthed him, I was like completely bewildered. And the midwife took my face and she said, this is a moment of empowerment because you just faced death, but you brought forth life. Mm. She's like, look down in your arms, there's so your good. son. Yeah. You've birthed something into this world. Sure. And um, in that moment, I realized that that fear, that unknowing, that feeling, not knowing what was happening, um, mm. um, I think it was, it was so overwhelming. Um, I didn't know where I was at in the birthing process. I didn't know that I was right near the end and it was actually a about to cross over into the new season. Um, mm. And I think following peace and following love and just realizing that there's no dead ends with Jesus, mm. like all mm. of that pain, all of that suffering, all of that pushing through, um, facing resistance, it's all because um, there's a pointer, there's mm. a growth coming, there's, mm. um, there's a, a new thing that's coming mm. out of it. It's so, so good. good. Yeah. I love that statement being led by love and peace. I think that's such a challenge in these yeah. moments to step back from that pressure yeah. and actually 
become aware that the peace of the spirit is right there sure. and he's leading yeah. us forward. Cool. It's so, so powerful. And in these seasons, I think we become so dependent on the Lord. We have the opportunity to become so completely dependent on him. And actually that's where we want to stay. Exactly. When you move yeah. out of that wilderness time, when you move out of the, the stressful mm. time, actually you don't want to ever change that. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get dependent on anything yeah. else, but on the presence so of good. Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Let's talk about, because I love the way you do this. So let's talk about how you follow the Holy Spirit in a worship set. Um, I've known you now for eight years. We've been doing worship together for many of those years. And I just love the way you follow the Spirit in a worship set, what he's saying, what he's doing, how he's moving, how he wants to minister hmm. um, to a wider group. So tell us about that, uh, how you cultivated that. Um, I think we always, um, we always arrive at the place of, of worship and um, completely expectant um, that the Spirit wants to speak, that the Spirit wants to move. Um, I think the scripture that I showed e earlier where Jesus um, just describes the heart of what the Holy Spirit's, um, his, his plan is with humanity, like the goal of what he's coming to do, how he's going to work with us um, to, to show us our own hearts, our own truths, to reveal the heart of the Father and to open up the future for us. I think, I think as well as taking that into our personal walks, it's a foundation that we lead worship with mm -hmm. as well. We totally expect the Holy Spirit to come um, and to speak. The Father's thoughts for us are as numerous as the grains, grains of sand Come on the seashore. Yes. So we believe that um, each each moment of worship, the, the Spirit wants to relay something new that's on, mm. the, on the Father's heart for the group of people that are in that moment, in that time of worship, for us in that moment, um, nothing regurgitated, nothing that we could have planned. I mean, we, we do plan our songs, um, mm. but for us, the Spirit's going to move um, in spite of what we have planned. We, I think we always um, just have that heart of expectation, so we will always create space for the Spirit to speak mm. um, and for us to just hear what the Father has to say in that moment, just to experience Him. So good. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, 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 I wouldn't want to do it any other way. I think, I mean, there was a time where you obviously way more like, oh, you had like every minute planned and you're set, you know, yeah. I'm saying our early years of, yes. but I think I can't, I don't exactly know when that big shift came, but for us, like, as, as we know, like sometimes we'll sing one song for, you know, 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. That statement alone can freak some people out and, and can, some people can really be falling asleep yeah. you know, at that, yeah. just at that statement. And yeah. that's okay. But I think for us, like being aware, I think is a big thing and being surrendered. The thing you're saying about being dependent, it's, yes. it's, it's always living in that space of like, we're in a relationship, you know, we're in this real living relationship yes. and so what's happening during the week what we're talking about all that stuff is part of our story it's part mm. of who we are how i see the lord is different to how you see we all see it so differently and so on a sunday and in the moments of leading worship often like what i like to do is i'll, I'll sometimes choose like two people i'll think like okay like i don't know i'll just feel like i feel like singing over these two people mm whether they are singing or they aren't singing, it's just like, okay, Holy Spirit, what, what, what's happening? What's happening with those two people? And we'll sing out a line and then you'll see that person responding to that line. And it's like, okay, the, you know, the Holy Spirit reveals the deep thoughts of the Father. Um, and so we'll sing that out and then someone will attach onto that. You can just see a moving in people. Or, uh, you see the Spirit just coming alive on people, you know? And I think, yeah. 
I, for me, I love those moments because it's again, it's just reaffirming that trust in Him. Mm. I mean, like we we we've also had it that we've come into sometimes into moments of leading worship and everything is so polished. We don't necessarily need his help. You know, it's like I've practiced. Yeah. It's a bit like serving decaf coffee. It's got the great taste, but no punch, you know? Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so I think it's always just leaving that space open, that elements of risk. I mean, it's, I mean, there's people risk for greater things, but it can be daunting, that journey. But I think for us, we've just grown comfortable in the space of just letting him move and then do what he wants to do and being aware of what he's done in the week and being aware of what's happening in the room and often it's super practical you know mm. it's you know we're looking and we're seeing because we're partnering with them it's yeah. it's exciting yeah. yeah i mean i've just come to absolutely love worship and doing it in that way mm. and as a community i think we've cultivated that space we've learned how to sometimes linger mm. for 20 minutes yeah how sometimes you go and you go and then the spirit moves and you and it's open and it's broken open mm. in the room and suddenly there's praise after yes. this long silence you know it's yeah. just every week it's fresh and it's new and it's following the holy yeah. spirit it's it's you know, you long for that moment, mm. that lo- that moment of encounter, and you guys just do that so, so well. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful space. And um, I love what Jack Hayford says. He actually says um, the end point of worship is worship. Mm. Yeah. No, so you, we, I don't so think good. there's no starting point in worship to try mm. and attain anything. I think once once you start worship, it's to be in his presence. And yeah. that is the feast, you know, the just to be with him. Of God himself, exactly. yes. the presence of God. Yeah. And so I, I think you guys have cultivated that so well. Also, you know, in a wider context in that um, it's not only you, sometimes it's, it's someone else in the room that brings something, yeah. or, you know, you're following how the Holy spirit is moving in the room or someone else has a word or mm-hmm. a song, or it's a, it's a beautiful one. And even what you said about trust, building trust in relationships helps us yeah, exactly. to look for those things yeah. as the Holy spirit moves across across the room as we just so, learn to enjoy mm-hmm. the presence of God together. That's exactly yeah. it. That's so, it. so beautiful. Um, okay. So uh, you are very passionate about songwriting. Mm-hmm. Obviously from the very beginning, you've been writing songs mm-hmm. separately and together. Tell us a little bit about, um, about songwriting and, and why you, I mean, you've encouraged us as a team, write mm-hmm. our own songs, which culminated in our first worship yeah, album um, in May this year called Promise. So mm-hmm. tell us about that passion and, and what you want to see stirred up in people. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I am. I love, I love songwriting. I think, I think, to just borrow a phrase from someone I read this week, um, it, it says, worship songwriting is creating a language that invites seekers deeper into deeper experiences with God. Mm. So worship songwriting is creating a language that invites seekers into a deeper experience with God. Wow. And I just think that so perfectly sums it up because he is the longing of the night of every single heart yeah. on this earth, whether they know it or not, he is the longing mm. that thing, that, that space we're trying to fill. He is that yeah. longing. And so songwriting invites seekers into that experience. Mm. And I think that, that it just beautifully summed it up because when we write something, we presenting something that we are exposing ourselves to during the week. So mm. I'm encountering the Lord in this way. I write a song. I'm now inviting you to be exposed to what I'm being exposed to. And it's this amazing ripple effect because again, we see things so differently. We wow. we communicate so differently. And I think, especially with worship, I think, and again, like reading the Psalms, if there was a gap between like 
this abundant life we can we feel and we know is alive within us and then life you know sometimes bumping yes. into that thing called life yes. what bridges that gap sometimes i don't think there should be a gap but yeah. there is a gap is songs hmm. is writing is words it bridges those gaps because we are it's giving us um words to ex- whatever we need to be pulled out of it's giving us words to, or whatever we want to be thankful for we just helping people um, when we when we are faithful with writing our song yeah. we're giving people that language and saying hey like here's an experience and people often attach to a song because it's saying something that they have never had words for yes and so I'm, I am passionate about that because again it also breaks sameness I think mm-hmm. and I love the worship landscape at the moment it's so diverse I mean if you think mm-hmm. it's just a couple of years back but I think people being faithful to writing the song that's in them is going to break that thing of sameness and uniformity. Yes. It's going to bring a different experience to the table. And, mm. and we need it because I think, um, again, we, we, we are inviting many seekers into so, that yeah. same experience. And yes. so, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a big thing for me. I think because I've just, uh, there's nothing like framing up a few words and then seeing someone just sing your, sing your song and encounter peace, you know? Wow. There's nothing like that. I mean, wow. what, an, what an amazing gift it is to Stuart, you so, know? So. Yeah, I think, I think a song in itself is such a powerful concept. Like, mm-hmm. to think of all creation, we are the only beings that are able to take words mm-hmm. and put words on a melody yeah. and sing out a song. Mm-hmm. And so worship is this beautiful opportunity for the song of our hearts to meet the song of the Spirit mm-hmm. over our lives. Mm-hmm. And we get to sing that out. It's just this beautiful place of unity. Mm-hmm. I think to be able to capture what the Spirit is saying over your community, over your life, over your family, yeah. I think it's just such an empower, uh, such a powerful um uh, experience and it's such a privilege wow. um so i know jesus even says like if they don't worship the rocks will cry yes. out you know and yes. i don't even know what that means yeah. but i can imagine like the earth just mm. you know just opening up and just wanting to just proclaim the glories yeah. of god because of just how wonderful he is mm. um and yet we are actually given those tools we're equipped we have um we created for that very purpose like to be able to use our words to glorify him in a way that's unique to us mm. you know it's an amazing thing and, and even earlier i think i said it's incredible how a song bypasses the mind yeah. you can be stuck in your mm. thoughts mm. and you just let the simple i praise you or hallelujah just yeah. come out and mm. you're engaging in something and it just gets your heart and you begin to center in the Lord and, and in his presence in the most amazing way. Yeah. Such a powerful thing. And I love what you said about giving language to the mm. heart, because that's really what a worship song often is, is this is just what I want to say to the Lord. This is mm. just what's on my heart. Yeah. And you connect with that. And I think that's what David did in the Psalms. Yeah, so a exactly. real authentic worshiper mm. gives us words for what's on our heart. Yeah. And I think it's, that's, I love the way you put that. And I think often what stops us from writing is, I kind of call it like the, the like the song police or the word police or the yeah. worship police. You know, watch watch how many eyes and knees are in your song, or watch how many. You know, you know, it's not high praise enough, or it's too intimate. I, I mean, again, I've traveled a lot. I've, I've we've been in doing this a long time, yeah. and I've often thought like we're writing about a relationship. Mm. We're not writing about a static, or we're not writing for an idol's performance on yeah. TV. We're writing from relationships. Mm. So if your song has twenty me's, and that's amazing, I want to hear that song. Yeah. If your song is we are all bringing such a diverse language. And I have to say that because for so long, I, I disqualified myself because I, I try to write within this very 
set box and the way to write sets and I, I find myself just more frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, than just breaking that box and just letting, you know, what comes out naturally. I've seen so much more authenticity and so much more people connect with that when I'm authentic in the way I write. Yeah. It just brings, whether how simple it is or if it's one line, I mean, yeah. a lot of our songs are just one line repeated. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I just have to say that because I think it's, it can just set us free to be like, okay, I'm just going to write from this living, breathing, allowed relationship. Mm-hmm. Not this robotic. Yeah, there's definitely a deep Mm. vulnerability and authenticity in the way that you two worship. And Mm. I think that's a real gift um, in the grace that you guys carry Mm. and what you're bringing to the table Mm. in terms of worship. So we're going to wrap up. I want to know briefly, what is the Lord saying to you right now in this moment? Not maybe in this very moment, but (laughs) (laughs) at the moment. Right now? Right down this very moment, I just, um, I just had an image of, um, just of a father rocking a baby and singing to his baby, singing to his child. And Mm. I just thought like the father's singing over us, um, because it's the overflow of his heart for us. It's his, it's overflow of his love. Um, we are his, his desire, his desire, his heart is set on us, um, and um, it's the overflow of his heart for us. And I just thought of when, when we hold our children in our arms and we sing to them, our children grow up. And even as babies, they start to gurgle and they start to sing. And as they grow up, we hear a song and we've, you know, we're putting out our phones and trying to catch those little innocent, beautiful moments. And um, I just had a glimpse into like the heart of the father when we sing out our song. Like, yeah. even if it's not perfect, um, who's critting us? Like Sean said, what voices are we listening to that's stopping our song from coming out of us? Because... Um, it brings so much pleasure to the heart of the Father. So good. Mm. So good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think what, what the Lord's been saying to me, and I think it's, it's probably a lot of what's happening at the moment with the pandemic and so much uncertainty, but it's a phrase that I've just, you know, when you just think of something and then you just see it everywhere. It's like mm. I want to buy a blue car and there's just blue cars everywhere. Mm. It's this thing of learning to lament. Mm. And I, if I'm honest, the word lament for me, I, the, the image is just like a massive moan, falling on the floor, you know, ripping, tearing your shirts. And just that, that's kind of the image I've always had of, of, of lament. And, and I think in, in even my own mind, I've, I've, I've always thought of it as maybe a, a sign of weakness, you know, don't, don't moan, you know, you're moaning or you, whatever. But I think what I've, as the Lord's been like teaching me is um, biblical immense is learning to voice your sadness and your anger before the Lord. Mm. Um, and I think if you look at the life of David, he lived exuberantly, but he lamented fiercely. The, mm. Over 70% of the Psalms are lament songs. Mm. We only sing 30. <laughs> the other 30%. Um, but there's something in that. And I think if we can see and why I think it's important to learn to lament is because I think there's something about owning your story. There's something about knowing what you're walking in, mm. being able to take your unemployment, being able to take your salary cuts or your um, relational problem or whatever it is, being able to take those problems mm. and bring them alongside your trust in the resurrection power of Jesus. Mm. There's something about that, I think. And, you know, it's learning to bring our praise along, our pain alongside our praise. Mm. I think there's just a level 
again, like I said earlier, there's just things that we expect, God wants to teach us in those moments. He wants to bring us deeper. But I think we, and I say we need to learn because it is, a, it sometimes is a hard thing. Mm. You know, we just want to kind of sing our way out of something, but it's the Lord's like wants to teach us something. He's like, what you're going through is real. This is my reality, but you know what? This is not the end. This is not my dead end. Mm. This is my reality, the resurrection power wow. of Jesus. Yeah. Um, but it's learning to know. I guess tears can exist alongside joy, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's for me is what the Lord's been teaching me personally. And it's just mm-hmm. it's just learning to lament mm-hmm. in the alongside my belief and trust in the resurrection power of Jesus. Yeah? So good. It um, makes me think of Isaiah 54, mm. um, the scripture that says, rejoice, O barren woman. Um, and in the original Hebrew, there's actually only two words there. And the words are barren, rejoice. Mm. Um, and that rejoice means um, cry out like with a loud ringing. And it's almost these two very contradictory words, barren and rejoice. Mm. And... Um, Barrenness, like Sean was saying, like in the midst of all this contradiction, barrenness is like your womb is created to bring forth life, but yet it's not. Like there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's empty. It's broken. Um, you feel empty. You feel broken. You feel like there's there's no plan that you can make to go forward. And yet to rejoice is a complete opposite on on the um, other end of the spectrum. It's like this overflowing, um, this shouting, this crying aloud. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like we're... This, it's this, it's almost like where there's, there's nothing more that we can do in the physical realm. It's, we have access to the spiritual realm where there's this open well and this flowing river where we can cry aloud and we can shout and we can proclaim. Um, and like Sean was saying, I think it's just like finding honesty and finding, having a voice and just, just shouting out over your life and shouting out over your future because it's not the end of the story. Um, and so I think for me, what I've really also been, like Sean was saying, just in the season in general, is just finding peace amongst, um, amid so much um, yeah. contradiction yeah. in life at the moment. Um, and like Sean said, it's not the end of the story because of what Jesus has done for, for us and because of his commitment to mm. walk us through and to walk us into all truth. Yeah. Um, he's our Emmanuel. He's our made a covenant with us to back us and everything and be with us every step of the way. Mm. So, yeah, if I can just say, I, I think it's to lament is to actually protest. It's a mm. protest that I won't live in denial. I won't live in distraction. Mm. Like I, I won't minimize. I actually, I know that this is my, this is my reality, mm. but there's a greater reality, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think even in that process, again, like we were saying earlier, it just reaffirms our trust mm. yeah. in Him and mm. His faithfulness to work in and through us, you know? So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Guys, thank you so, so much oh, for just you, <laughs> sharing your story and sharing your heart. And um, yeah, it's just been such a beautiful, beautiful time. And just to leave with those thoughts, um, I've been thinking so much about Psalm 23, where he sets a feasting table in the presence yeah. of our enemies amidst everything that we're facing. And that yeah. is so challenging. So, yeah. His goodness and his faithfulness and his grace is there. Um, and we get to feast on that. So thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. 